Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles today, I want to I want to talk to you today about some stuff, man. It's going just it's going I'm going to blow your skirt up. I'm telling you right now. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter 4, I'm going to continue my series on It Is Written. It is written, Luke chapter 4, we'll start at verse 1 and 2, and then I'll jump to verse 5. Last week I talked about uh, living by our words. Um, I touched on it. Know that when I just preach on this, I'm trying to get everything in in, in within a 45-minute time, and there's just so much more. Um, I'm I'm really thinking about doing some teachings on a Thursday or Tuesday night to give you more stuff because you just you don't get enough here on on this and and uh, on Sundays but Luke chapter 4 verse 1 it is written is the series title and I want to talk about authority you're going to hear several words this morning authority dominion power subdue rulership kingship you're going to hear a lot of those words and they're interchangeably used in scripture in Luke chapter 4 verse 1 uh Then the Bible says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Was led by the Spirit. Amen. Key in what we're talking about in these series is you need to be led by the Spirit. I'm, I'm speaking to people who are led by the Spirit. If you're not led by the Spirit, you're probably not saved. And if you're not saved, these benefits really don't 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 apply to you. you. You understand that? If you don't work over here at a place that has the insurance benefit, guess what? You're not going to get that if you're working over at another place. Amen? So you've got you've to walk in what God says. Verse 2 says, And Jesus was being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. Glory to God for 40 days. Hallelujah. I'm going to be led by the Spirit if I go 40 days without food. I'm telling you right now, okay? And it says, Afterward, when they had ended those 40 days, he was hungry. He was tempted in those times, in those days. Forty days he was tempted by Satan. And let's go to verse 5. Verse, let's go to verse 5. Some of you got it. Verse 5. Then the devil, taking him up to a high mountain. This is the second episode, and it is written. Taking him up to a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Verse 7, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. That is key. That's why you got to know the word of God. I'll come back to that. Verse 8, and Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. What's he talking about when he says, for it is written? The Word of God, not what you think it says, not what Grandma said, not what you you believe it might have said. No, what is said, the written Word of God. It says, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only you shall serve. Now, in verse 5, probably or at least suggests the idea of a vision that, that Satan had taken Christ up to a high mountain. Um, it was probably the idea of, of, a, of a vision probably, uh, some kind of, a, if you will, a, a thought and imagination. And here's why. There's not a mountain in the world high enough you can get on to see all the world. See, sometimes you can just use common sense in the Bible, okay? 
And so uh, that's one. And number two, I looked up the word uh, in, in a moment. That word moment is stigma, which means an instant, like right now, just a, a flash, if you will. And so probably uh, he said by the power of suggestion, that he uh, offered this. I said, you know all the kingdoms of the world? You already know them, right? Right, Lord? You know all of these cities? and You know all that? Yes. He said, I'll give that to you if you'll just worship me. If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give that to you. So <clears throat> we look at these two passages of Scripture, and we say when Christ was offered these, these two things, authority, number one, and glory, how did he overcome the temptation not to fall into it? You, you understand that your biggest trouble is temptation. It's really not the devil. It's really you. It's really me. It's, it's, it's the temptation to follow what the devil puts out in front of you or to follow what God puts in front of you. That's the problem. It, it's really not a, a good and bad thing. It's really not a necessarily in this sense it's not really an evil and a, and a good it's your ability to follow Christ or know the word of God and know how when you should follow Christ or when you shouldn't you should follow him all the time <laughs> come on and y'all got to loosen up a little bit now in verse 6 the devil said that he had authority so when I read the Bible, I look at this. He says, so the devil says, <clears throat> he says, I have authority. First question that popped in my mind, I don't know what pops in your mind. First question that pops in my mind is, well, is that true? Because the Bible says he's a father of lies. So we need, to, we need to look at that and say, well, is that true? Because if he's speaking, he's generally lying. Okay? So, <clears throat> so how do we know what he's saying is true? You've got to go to the Word of God. It is written. What's written in the Word? Well, here's what I want you to know about this. This time the devil wasn't lying. You know, he wasn't lying in this particular situation. That's the first. Verse 1, we know that, uh, uh, first thing I want to say is, we know that Satan is the ruler of the earth from John 12, 31 and John 14, 30. It says that he's the ruler, the prince of the, this world. We understand that. That's what the Word of God says. So we know that. All right? <clears throat> So he has authority. We know that he's a ruler, a ruler, a prince, a, a king. Uh, when, when you have authority, there has to be something behind you that says, I have authority, that I have the right to, to enforce what I'm telling you. I'm, I've never been scared of a dog that doesn't have teeth. If, you, if I come to your house, you say, don't worry about that dog ain't got teeth. Well, I don't have a problem kicking your dog. But if you tell me that dog's got teeth, I'm like, well, let me just be nice to this dog. When you find out that there's something that can be done to you because they have some backing, some authority, some power, that changes the whole situation. Okay? So we look at this passage of Scripture. We understand that the Word of God says He has authority. He has authority. He is in a position because God's word says he's the ruler. Guess what? He's got some authority. He's got power. Never underestimate the authority and power of Satan. I'm not here to build him up. I'm just here to give you some information. He is a, he is a wise serpent. He's very smart and cunning. The Bible tells us these things. 
And so you got to be on your guard. That's why you got to know the Word of God. So many of us are defeated, not because Satan is so powerful, but it's because we're so ignorant of God's Word. And say you're stupid. Ignorant means you just hadn't learned yet. Okay? We're just ignorant of what God's already provided for the Christian, for the ones who walk in Him. Okay? So we understand it. He has authority. So, man, we got to deal with that. Okay? All right. Second thing I want to talk about there is Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, never disputes Satan's authority or his legal right of possessing that authority. It's never addressed. What he does say, what Jesus does address, is who you are supposed to worship. And how did he address it? Through the Word. It is written. He didn't make up something to, to, to usurp the authority of Satan. He used God's Word. That's why for 11 years I've been here and I've been telling you, you got to get in God's Word. you got to read God's Word. you got to study God's Word. Because we're walking around defeated because Satan does have authority. But we're walking around because we don't know how to usurp that authority, circumvent his authority. And you, do you know you can? I'm going to show you in a few minutes how you and I can usurp that authority, circumvent the authority that Satan has. Well, that's good news. That's an amen moment, church, right there. Woohoo! Unless you like being defeated, beat up, beat down, wore out all the time. Well, I personally don't like that. Okay, we're going to move on. So let's look at two things. Satan said he would give Jesus if he worshipped him. They were authority and glory. Okay? Authority and he would give him glory. Let's, let's read it again in verse 6. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and all their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Man, this is... This is if you get in God's Word, look, I'm fixing to give you some keys today on how you can live a different life than what you've been living in a Christian walk. Okay? So there's two things. <clears throat> what is authority? The Greek word is exousia, which means a jurisdiction or power. Okay? You ever, uh, I, I watched, I love Westerns, and I was watching a, a Western just yesterday, believe it or not, <clears throat> and uh, on how, how the West was won. And Ken Curtis, you, you know Ken Curtis? Festus. He was actually playing on this movie. And he had left his hometown and was down in another, uh, another state, actually. And he was going to arrest a guy for a murder, a crime. And the guy said, you can't arrest me. You're out of your jurisdiction. Come on, now this is important. I know it's a Western, but it ties in. You're out of your jurisdiction. You can't do anything to me. He said, and this is what he said. He said, you're absolutely right. But if I was to hogtie you and put you over that horse on that saddle and take you about 80 miles south of there, I would be in my jurisdiction. Some of you need to learn how to hogtie Satan's authority and get him into your jurisdiction. Quit playing with him on his turf. Come on now. This is good stuff. All right. So authority means jurisdiction. Power. Glory, what does that mean? 
It's a kingly majesty which belongs to him as a supreme ruler. So we know that he had authority, and along with that authority comes glory. There's honor and glory in someone who has a kingship or position. Uh, you may or may not like the president of the United States. When he comes in, because of the position, he has honor. He is to be honored because of that position. Maybe not because of his politics, but by that position. It's the highest position in this land. So he's to be honored. He has power and authority and jurisdiction. I mean, if you don't think he does, you go where he's at and you won't get around him very close. There's so, so that comes, this kingly majesty, it, it's just part of, it comes with it. That's part of the glory that comes with this authority. So after showing Jesus the kingdoms of the world, Satan said that he would give these two things. I will give you a kingly majesty, magistrate. I'll give that to you, and I'll give you power and authority. Well, this is how, I told you Satan was smart, but he's also very stupid. He only becomes stupid when you know the word of God. He can only be defeated with the word of God. See, now you and I know, and Satan knows, that God already has authority and power and glory. We know that. But in the earthly realm, that was handed over to Satan. Okay, now watch. I want to answer two questions this morning, okay? One, so where and how did Satan get this authority? That's what I'd like to know. He's a created being, angelic being. You know, you're over angels. You understand that. Angels are not over you. Angels are ministering spirits to you. Come on, you need to know God's Word. They're ministering spirits to you for us as children of, of, of God. They're not, a, uh, they're not above you. I'll prove that to you in Scripture in just a minute. Okay? <clears throat> so, where did he get this authority? He's a created being. He was created as an angel, an archangel. He was created as that. So, where did he get this authority? That's one question. Number two is, is there anything that you and I can do legally to circumvent the devil's authority? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. That's the good thing about knowing God's Word. Amen? Question number one. Y'all ready? We're doing okay so far. I got 51 minutes. I'm going to try to finish before then. <clears throat> this is good stuff because this is going to help you in everything you do in life. This is going to help you when you need, uh, when you need healing. When, you need, uh, when you're in trouble, uh, you don't know, you're confused. Uh, when, when you need finances, when, when, when you have fi fa family problems. This is, if, when you get these principles, you understand who you are in Christ, you're, you're going to grow. You're going to learn that, hey, I've got jurisdiction too. All right, number one. So where and how did he get this power? Satan was given authority, we know this, from Adam and Eve. Okay, that's where this power came from. Now watch, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and I'm going to tell you how they had the authority to give it to him. Okay, so you've got to keep backing up. That's why you've got to study God's Word. You just can't read it. You've got to look at it, read it, study it. Okay? So how did, they, how did they get this authority in order to give it to them? Watch this. Genesis 1, 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. That's good. When it says man, it means humanity. Do you know that you are made in the likeness and the image of God? See, if you don't, have, if you don't get that part, you won't get anything else. 
You're made like God. I didn't say you was God. You're made like in his image and in his likeness. Now, my, my son, I don't know where he's at in here, but he, he's privileged because they say he looks just like me. He's in my likeness. Come on now. In the likeness, you, you can look. See, the enemy, the world should look at me and you and say, mm, they're Christians. They resemble the Father in the likeness and the image. Woo! It's going to be a good one. According to our, he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have, watch this, dominion. And we'll tell you about dominion in a minute. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, he says, that's the way I'd like to do it. This is what I like about verse 27. I started to take it out and just go to verse 28. But I said, no, I like this one too. Because he says, so God did that. You could just put verse 27 said, and so God did that. He says, so God created man in his own image. and the image of God, he created him male and female. He's like, I want to do this. I want to create it in my likeness and my image. And then verse 27, with, if you were doubting how you're created, he says, and so God created man in his own image. It's like, so I did that. Man, y'all got to start reading the Word of God with excitement. and Man, y'all, woo! So he says, I'll do that. So he did that in verse 27. And then here's verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and watch this, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay? Now this word dominion we talked about first is radah, which means to rule. He gave Adam and Eve the authority and power to rule the earth. Okay? That's what he gave them. And then he says, and if that wasn't enough, I want you to subdue it. Now, there are everything that is already under them, but he said, I want you to subdue it. Subdue it means to have dominion. It means kavash is the, is the Hebrew word in the Old Testament. It means to force or to be subservient. Without the authority and power, you won't be subservient to anyone. You don't have to be. What are they going to do? Is this making sense? So... Their power came and their authority came from God. All right? And so we know from this point that if they're over everything, we know that Satan, we understand that the angels are not above man. We understand that. He knew he couldn't um, grab the authority from that position. That, that's, a, that's what God put in place. It's not going to happen. Okay? So, how did he get them to turn over that authority? We know, according to Scripture, that through, um, a, a, we call it a serpent, okay? Uh, this serpent was, uh, at, at very least, uh, had some legs or something. I mean, he stood up, uh, this serpent, because the Bible tells us that because of this, that he was, he was caused to crawl on his belly and eat the dust of the ground the rest of Eternity until he comes back, okay? So we know that he was in some kind of creeping thing, form. That's how he possessed something, right? Yeah, that's what he did. He possessed something, and that something that Adam and Eve had authority over, 
was possessed by Satan, and he talked Adam and Eve into giving them that authority. That's good stuff. So there's how Satan ended up with his authority, with his power. Right there. That alone. They handed it over. Now, that puts us in a mess. Now let's look at Psalms 8 4. <clears throat> Psalms 8 4. Now I want you to understand this. When God sets something in order, it's still in order. Okay? When God, like when He spoke creation, it's still there, okay? The things that you see on this earth, you know, they didn't, when God spoke it, the devil doesn't have an authority to undo that. In other words, you still see trees, you still see stars and, and earth and grass and, and birds, right? You still see that. So, but when God sets something up in his word, it's established. There's principles, laws of God. That's a, a different series. Laws of God are established that, that don't change. Now, in order for us to walk in some of these, we have to change our thoughts and our mentality and the way we do things, okay? But God's laws stay the same. Now, watch this. In Psalms 8, verse 4, some five to 700 years after Genesis was written, okay? After, if you look at five to 700 years down the road, after the authority had been handed to Satan, watch this. This is what the psalmist says. What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now if you'll take your little blue letter Bible when you get home today or now, whatever. And you look up that word angels. That's really translated in the Hebrew as Elohim or God. Mm, big difference. If you read it in Hebrews chapter 2. Because of translation, the Greek word says angels. But it's really Elohim. You've made man, what? A little lower than Elohim, God. There's nothing, do you understand? There's nothing between you and God. There, there's not a created being. There's nothing. It's, it's God, the Father Trinity, and then us. I don't know about you. Look, I've got a mess I'm working on called inheritance. Glory to God. If you're fourth, fifth, sixth in line inheritance, you ain't getting much. But if you're next in line, you're getting stuff, man. I'm telling you this because Scripture's saying you're not, you're not 27 things down line. You're next in line. The Bible says it's your heirs and co-heirs. You're co-heirs with Christ. Well, praise the Lord. Mm. I can teach on that too in a little while. I'm going to do that. that that's going to be good. That's, you just got to get on that. It says, you made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him. Watch this. You have crowned him with glory and honor. There's one thing right there that you're seeing you got crowned with. It's the same thing that Satan said he's going to crown Jesus with. One of the glory. If you look up honor, depending on where you look, it's all basically the same. Honor, power, glory, majesty, kingly, rulership, ruler. He says that, that he's crowned you, you and me, with this 
Glory and honor. Verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Well, oh my goodness. That changes the game a little bit. He's made you to have the, the, the dominion the, over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. How much stuff? Yeah, yeah that's the word all. It's a three-letter word all. All means all, and that's all all means. All right? Okay. Now. So Christ, Jesus, has given you authority and power. All right? It's, now Satan has it to rule over. But when it comes to kingdom principles, Satan does not have authority and power over you to take those things from you. Satan cannot take healing from you. Satan cannot take your finances from you. Satan cannot take your joy from you. Come on. We say Satan takes, took our finances. It's just bad decisions most of the time. He cannot take your joy. He cannot take your salvation. So if you're saying that, no, he can't. Look, if he can take one, he can take them all. And that means he can take your salvation. He cannot do that. So when God said in, 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 um, in Psalms 103, the benefits, and he lists those benefits of God that he forgave you of your iniquities, healed you of your, of your diseases and, and put your, uh, of your, uh, your sins, uh, healed you of your iniquities. I ain't, can't even get it right. <laughs> he cleans you of your iniquities, healed you of your sickness, and, and lists those things. Guess what? Those things are still there because Satan grabbed authority does not mean that those things went away. They're still there. Some of you ain't getting this. These things are still available to you if you're working for the right man with the benefits. If you're living for the right person called King Jesus, he has benefits. But don't expect his benefits if you're not living for him. You won't get the benefits that McDonald's has if you go to work at Love's. They're two different benefit packages. So which one do you want? You got a benefit package from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, or you got a benefit package from Satan. It's up to you on which ones you want to follow. God will not, Christ will not divinely intervene and cause you to follow him because he won't break free will. If he was going to do that, everybody would be saved. There would be no, there would be nothing wrong with this world. Matter of fact, if he was going to do that, we wouldn't have the story of Adam and Eve. He would just nip that in the bud right off the bat. Okay? All right, so let's hurry. Am I doing okay? Question number two. Is there anything that we can do to circumvent the devil's authority? That's really what we need to know. Most of you don't really have to be explained how he got the authority. You really don't care. You just know that you're living in some kind of messed up life and that you don't have all the benefits that God has. So how do we circumvent? How do we get around this thing? Well, I can tell you this. It's by God's word. Amen. It's by God's word is the only way you can circumvent this. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5, it says that he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. We already know from Psalms who he put it under, right? 
It says, but it was once testified at a certain place saying this, what is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. There's that word angels, but it's really translated Elohim. You have, watch this, you have crowned him, meaning man, with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in, in that he put all subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. We don't see that, right? I don't. Do you see it? I don't see that. I don't see all things put under us right now. Do you? No. What's this? Verse 9. But we see Jesus. Uh-oh. Got the man coming on the, on the playing field now. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. Watch that. that. Look at that. Ooh. Watch this. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. See, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels so he could taste death for all of us. It's called the plan of redemption. Okay? So when you look at this and you say, Man, this is good news. So we understand that in the end, you're saved, blood-bought, born again. Guess what? You're going to heaven. Okay? It's, it's a perfect place. You're in heaven. There's perfection. Okay? So you get there. But we ain't there yet. That's what the writer said. We ain't there yet. I don't see all this happening. Right? So what do we do? How do we walk in this thing that God's crowned us with? So let's look at what he's crowned us with. Bible says that the crown, let me tell you about crown. <clears throat> crown is Stephanos, is the, in, in this is the, uh, the Greek word, and it means mark of royalty or mark of royal. How many of you know that you're a royal priesthood? I don't feel like I am sometimes, do you? But the Bible says that I've crowned you. I've crowned all men, not just you because you come to church. He's crowned all men. We just don't walk in it. Then another message there in Luke as, as well. Prodigal son, total different man. Man, that's good. How long y'all want to stay today? Because I get, oh, no. I understand that the, what does it say? The heart can only endure what the butt can. Uh, the heart can only receive what the butt can endure. <clears throat> so he crowned us with a mark of royalty, a mark of royal. So, and what did he crown us with? Glory and honor. Glory is the word, is doxa, means a thing belonging to God. See, because Satan had authority, he didn't take God's authority. He only, he took what Adam and Eve had given him. But now God's still God. God's over everything. God wins. God's going to win. God can win right now. Okay? So he crowns man with this thing that belongs to God. Well, what belongs to God? Power and authority and anointing, everything that's necessary, right? And he put it on Scotty. And he put it on Arvell and Ralph and Pam. And so he just, he, I can do this. Why, how, how can he do it? Because he's God. God didn't give up his power. And his authority to Satan. Don't ever think that. Ooh, this is good stuff. You ever get it? Get it in your spirit? Ooh, you're going to walk on top of the water. And also he crowned with honor. This word honor in the 
Greek is tame, and it means the honor which one has by reason of rank or state of office which he holds. I'm going to bring this together in just a minute. I know we've got a lot of definitions. Honor means the, of the honor which one has been by, by reason of rank and state of office which he holds. As a royal priesthood, as a child of the king, you have been crowned with honor and glory. Now, honor represents a position. You've been given a position in God. You say, I don't know about that preacher. Well, are you supposed to be the head of the tail? What do you think, the head's in charge or the tail's in charge? No, my tail is not in charge of my head. Come on. And if yours is, you got something backwards, you need to be saved. So we got position in Christ. Let me move on. So honor represents position. Glory represents power. And a crown represents the government that backs both of those up. So I had to write this down. So I don't want to mess it up. So a king is a person that wears a crown. Do we agree? That represents a government. Okay? That backs up. And that government backs up everything the king says. We have a president. If you will, he wears a, a crown. And our constitution, our laws of the land, when he goes into foreign countries or he has an, an edict that he passes down, executive order, guess what? That constitution backs up what he says. I didn't say you had to like it. I'm just saying, but that constitution backs up what he said, right? You can like it or not like it. It doesn't matter. It's the law of the land, all right? So when, when we look at this from a biblical sense, a, a spiritual side, watch this. God has crowned people, you and I, it's what his word says, with glory and honor. He's given us a position, and he's given us power. And that is backed up by the word of God, the Constitution. Some of you can't even tell me what the first three or four words are of the Constitution. What if we learned the Constitution that God has given us the kingship and crowned us with glory and honor, position and power? What if we started saying, wait a minute, the Word of God says this about me. The Word of God says I can do this. The Word of God says, wait a minute, I am not the, the, the tail, I am the head. I don't have to walk defeated. I have benefits in Christ. You have benefits in Christ. We don't have to go around. Even though the devil has authority in the world, his authority, his authority doesn't supersede God's authority that is placed on you. But here's the deal. You have to walk in that authority and power. You have to make a decision to say, no, I won't walk that away. No, I won't live that away. I've got to walk in Christ. We want, here's the problem with most of us. We want to dabble with Christ and get all the benefits and say, well, it's not working. That must be, that's when you get to heaven. That's a bunch of baloney. We got everything you need in heaven. That would be silly for me as a father. 
I don't, but if I had $5 million to say I'm going to watch my kids suffer while they live on earth, but well, when they get to heaven, they're going to have everything they need. Well, that'd be so, isn't that stupid? Do you think God does us that away? I want you to be sick. I want you to be broke. I want you to, I want you to be confused. I want you to have no joy. I want, I want you to just kind of go through life. See, that's not the way this thing works. There is, there is this thing in Christ that says, hey, it is, it is when we get to heaven, but it is now. You can live in Christ now. There's provisions now that God has for you. And so I want us to understand that, look, I know we're going to go through things in life. I know life comes at us. The Bible says there's trials and persecutions. I'm not saying that you, you have immunity from them. I'm saying that there's provision in them. Amen? And if it's all about when we get there, and it is, look, that's a glorious time. That is wonderful. I'm looking forward to heaven more than most. But man, what about here? What about here on this earth? Jesus has crowned us as kings and priests to walk in power and authority. 1 Peter 2, 9 says this, that you are a royal priesthood. What the Bible says about you. A priest, a priesthood, a chosen generation, his own precious people. That's what God says about you. You're his own precious people. Well, I know what, I, I'm just telling you this, I'm going to take care of those things that are precious to me. This is good stuff. Satan wants to create doubt in your mind so that you will doubt God's promises. You believe that? That's the very thing he did with Eve. He doesn't come up with new plans to deceive you. It's the same one. He created... Doubt in Eve's mind. That's not really what God said, is it? And then when he shoved her against the tree and she didn't die physically, she said, well, that must be true. <laughs> it must be true. I'm not going to die. We're not going to die. Look, because we're still living. See, she was in the thinking in the physical. God's speaking in the spiritual. Two more statements and I close. You will never be able to believe someone's promise you don't trust. If you don't trust God that can do anything, you won't believe his promise. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. Let me say it again. If you don't trust God, you won't trust his promise. Arvel, if I was to tell you that every day I'm, I'm going to come to your house and at 6 o'clock a.m. every morning I'm going to be at your house and we're going we're to have a Bible study and we're going to drink coffee. And I did that for a couple of days and then I called and said, hey, I'm gonna, in the morning, are we doing it again? You say, yep. And I didn't show up. And the next day I didn't show up and the next day I didn't show up and the next day I didn't show up. But then on Monday I said, hey, I'm coming by. And you said, mm -hmm. And I showed up. And the next day I showed up. And then I went for a month and I didn't show up. You really don't trust that I'm coming to have coffee with you every morning, do you? It's impossible. 
And I believe because we have that same mentality toward God, because it don't work for us. See, there's the problem. You're trying to get God to work for you. God's already done it. God's already provided for it in the redemption plan, redemptive plan. It's just not to redeem you. Listen, it's not to redeem you from going to hell alone. It's to redeem you from the curse of this, of this earth, this authority. It's a redemptive plan. All that God has is to redeem it because the authority has been given to Satan. So it's all of that has been given, have been returned through the redemptive plan. Here's, here's, here's what I believe so many people, when you get saved, they think, well, I'm, I'm looking to the end. That's, and we should. But actually, it's a new birth. It's a beginning. A beginning of walking a new life in Christ. Now. I'll say this statement. I've said it before, and I'll close. Honey, you'll come to the piano. What you believe about the Bible says a whole lot about what you believe about its author. If his promises are for us and we don't believe them, then we don't believe what backs that up. That's the word of God. Remember the king, the crown? Let me say it again. What you believe about the Bible, what this written word says that's available to you, that you can do, you can have. What you believe about says a whole lot about what you believe about it, the author. Well, I don't know if that's for us right here or not. The problem, I think, with most people in churches is that we, we want to try to figure out everything God's going to do. And we want to be able to write it out exactly. And say, well, it doesn't say this and says this and da 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 da. Here's the problem with all of that God is a supernatural God. And when you can figure out exactly what God is going to do and can do and won't do and bring it into some theological position, you know what you just did? You took God out of a supernatural position to work things in your life. He's the supernatural God. Amen. That if you could figure him out, he wouldn't be a supernatural God. Does that make sense? If you know everything about God and everything he's going to do, why, how he's going to work in this situation and that situation. And you, you, you take the element of him being a supernatural God out of the equation. He's a supernatural God. Now, he's not going to break the law. Every now and then he'll break a few laws. He'll break, break some laws, uh, but very few miracles, for example. Sometimes he'll break the laws of natural, but very few. But he's going to stay within the laws if he's, he's set up. But he's a supernatural God. So if you want to walk in the supernaturalness of God, if you want to walk in the provisions God has, you just got to believe. 
You've got to believe what God's Word says is going to come to pass. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe if, if, if the Bible says you're healed, then you're healed. You may not feel it right now. You may not sense it right now. I've been praying for 30 years. 32. 30, 30 years. 30, I'm going 31. But I see little steps all along. 30 years. Let me give you an example. 30 years. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. 30 years I've been praying. I really don't like to talk about my kids too much, so much, but I will. But I know that they were supposed to live to about 17, 24 to max. They're alive today. You saw them today. I see, I see little things. I, I remember prayers at night when I would pray when when Sam couldn't catch her breath and I'd be praying, mom would be in there trying to give her medicine and praying and stuff, we didn't know what to do. And I'd say, God, you got to. God, I don't know where else to turn. And, and a, a cough stopped immediately. Just, just this week, just this week, 30 years later, come on now, 30 years later, just this week at the doctor in Nashville, said, well, you, you don't need to come back every three months. You come back every six months. I'm telling you, God is a healer. I got a call last night at 8.30. You know it, some of you. Nolan Headley. It's a gentleman that I prayed for one time. Not because of me. I can't do anything. You know, you know me. Several years ago, some 12, 13 years ago, and he got healed of cancer right, right there in front of a church. Bam, got healed. He was going the next day. Y'all remember the, when he, he was going the next day to have surgery. Got down there, done the scan or whatever they're supposed to do to make sure they're going in the right spot. He said, I don't know why you're down here, Mr. Headley. There's nothing there. Last week, last week, he called me last night. He said, I want to give you a praise. Well, matter of fact, he was calling me, Marshall, when you and I were talking. I told you it was Nolan. That's what he was calling to me yesterday. But last night, or that was Friday, I think. Last night at 8.30, he calls me and he says, I got to tell you something. I said, well, tell me. He said, God's done it again. I said, what did he do again? He said, you know, when he healed me several years ago, I said, yeah. He said, they told me last week that I had cancer again said they got all the reports he said and so uh, they sent me down to the VA hospital in Jackson he said so I go down there and they were going to electronically send the, the, uh, the, the x-rays and stuff down there he said they couldn't get them to upload and said so they done their own scans said they walked back in the room and said Mr. Head." There ain't nothing on these. I don't know what they saw, but there ain't nothing on these. Let me tell you what he did. He said, I was coming over to your church, your house, to have you pray. Talking about this house, not my house, but this. Because I have believe in the power of prayer. He said, but the Lord kind of spoke to him and said, well, go to your church. They got the same power. So he went to their church, uh, Bethel Assembly, right over here in Greenville. And he said, they anointed me all and prayed for me said, I didn't feel what I felt when you prayed for me. I didn't sense that. But when I went down there, it was gone. I'm here to tell you, because I know that man. He walks in, in, in the goodness of God. He walks in the, in, in the commandments of God. I'm here to tell you that God is a healer. And if we learn to walk in his benefits, grab the benefits Walk in those benefits. I'm here to tell you, God can do great and mighty things. God wants to do great and mighty things.
He wants to. But it's up to us whether we walk in that authority, where we say, Lord, I know I'm crowned. I want to be crowned, and I want to walk in your authority and your power. You know you have authority over that stuff in your body. You have authority over your finances. You do. You can't just go out there and speak it. You have to get up and go to work, and you have to manage. Do you know that? You have authority over that. We have authority in Christ. And I want this church to start walking in some of that. Amen? God's called us to something great and mighty. Amen? Will you stand with me across this building?